Up From Work podcast. My name's Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 120 of the show today. This is where we get to work, making work a passion, living life full-time, creative, doing the things that we want to do, not necessarily the things that we feel like we have to do. So we interview artists, musicians, entrepreneurs, creatives, talking about different things that they're up to out there, ways that we can work on things that we want to do. And... uh kind of the whole skinny of what's going on there. So today, uh, another interview, I want to welcome on Coach Brandon Densmore from Gathered Minds Media, LLC. I had to remember that one. Good so, job, Dave. I got it. I got it, man. So Brandon, uh, we're totally, we're totally going to get into like his background here. Brandon uh, is coming from a recovery standpoint, helping people become entrepreneurs. And so we, there's a lot that we have to talk about today, like some of the, the business formation, the, the grant that he just got, how he's been helping people, kind of like what that looks like, uh, spirituality, near, near-death experiences. This man's lived a lot of life, basically, and there's a lot to share on it. So I met Brandon because I somehow saw a post of yours that showed Jesse Harless's book. Great so book. Jesse, totally. If not you, then who? He was on episode three as my first interview. And then I brought him back on 99 or something when we were closing in on like 100 episodes of the podcast to talk about that book. And now I'm producing the audiobook from it. So I was like mid working on that. I saw your post and then I saw you were from Maine. And I was like, first of all, I'm in Maine now and I love fellow Mainers. And second of all, it was awesome to see that like when I saw what you were talking about, you were like, these are a lot of the things that like I, and working on, but like you didn't know about Jesse when you created I, your idea of like, I'm going to help people in recovery be entrepreneurs. So I saw like that. I was like, damn, I know Jesse. And it's like the same type that he type of thing that he's doing. And you have this other guy right here in Maine near me that's doing the same type of thing, but just coming from a, a total different way and, and different approaches and things that you're trying to do out there, but the same kind of mission. And like, if you haven't listened to some of those episodes with Jesse, George, or like a, a bunch of these other people from the recovery community, I've gotten to meet so many people from that community over the years. And, and they are just the most incredible people, like the most hardworking, the most like transparent and like, it's just been the best community to get involved with, man. So like, I have a lot of passion for probably the people that you're, you're working with day to day and you're yourself in the community. So. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks for being on my my show, man. Absolutely, it's been a crazy month for you. So, thank you so much for having me on, Dave. I really am happy to be here, and that I've listened to both those episodes with you and Jesse Harless. Yeah, really good episodes. A lot of takeaways from that. So, I would also recommend going check those out. And Jesse Harless, I actually met him. I sent him a text while I was working on a business plan in order to get some funding to expand my business. Hmm. Okay. And I typed in entrepreneurs in recovery. <laughs> there you go. Into entrepreneursinrecovery.com. <laughs> Bam. Right at the top of the list. That's crazy, man. 
Yeah. So Jesse Harless is an awesome guy. I would highly recommend his book. If not you, then who? Go check it out. It's a great book. I'm reading it now. But yeah, thanks so much. Memorized at this point, doing the audio yeah. book for it. I like. I've heard that book. <laughs> exactly. It's going in my top my top category for books. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't even know that you texted him when you were doing that. I had no idea about that. That's I texted really cool. him right on the right on his website in the little messenger. Yeah, and um, he got in touch with me instantly, and he's. I was like, when I found him, I was like, wow, a competitor. Right. Like an, an entrepreneur in recovery. What a, what a uh, profound idea. And I didn't realize I had been looking for people who were in my niche and um, ended up finding Jesse Harless. And I was like, yes, finally a competitor, someone that is in my niche that is doing the same kinds of things that I'm doing. Right. Cause it means that it's working. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's even, that's honestly a topic, honestly, that I would, want to talk about that I didn't even like think about, but like before we like riff off on some stuff here, do you want to just tell people, Brandon, like what is it that you've, that you have created that you are creating? Where, where are you coming from? Like who, who is coach Brandon Densmore? Like what's that look like? Okay. That haven't met you. Sure. So on a professional level, I'm a certified coach uh, through an internationally accredited coaching school. Um, I was actually a high school dropout. This is one of my crowning achievements. I'm a high school dropout. And uh, I went, ended up, you know, I was living an inauthentic life and ended up discovering who I am through a, I was in a really bad accident, a fight um, back in when I was 21 and lost consciousness. It was really bad. It was a fist fight. And basically that caused me to Heidegger calls it the realizing the possibility of your own non-existence. So I realized the possibility of my own non-existence when I was 21. Like what if I was gone from this? Basically, what if I died from this? Yeah. What you're saying? Wow. And it was like, I lost consciousness. It was a complete blackout. Wow. And then I came, came back and it was like something in my life isn't working. That's crazy. It was so what a crazy experience. feeling to ha- an experience to have is not something that people feel every day. That's true. Um, right. So I realized the possibility of my own non-existence, and then started getting in, realized that I loved learning. I loved learning things. Long story short is I won a full scholarship to go to Vassar College. Yeah. Okay. And graduated with a BA in philosophy. That's awesome, man. So a high school dropout that won a full scholarship to a Ivy League institution. That happened. Just becoming more authentic, becoming more and more authentic, especially after that fist fight. Like I had to stop caring so much about what other people thought about who I am and what I do. Okay. Because that's that's obviously like people would never expect that, that you drop out of high school, but then you go to this awesome school and a scholarship, that's something that people would probably limit themselves and be like, there's no way that this can ever happen. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I tried to go to Harvard and they told me you can't even apply here. Because of the high school thing. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't like that. Yeah. Me either. (laughs) So I, I started applying to other schools and ended up going to Vassar for four years. Really quick on that note, because we talk about like, 
education on here a lot. Like I straight up have an episode talking about like college or not to college. Like just like we challenge the education a lot on here and we, we get perspectives from a lot of different people on here. I like that you were like, I dropped out of high school. I love learning. Right. So like, what, what is it that you feel like maybe it was a matter of circumstances at the time, or maybe it was something in there where you're like, this did work or it didn't work for me. What do you feel about your experience where you're like, high school is not working for me, but then this thing worked for you. Is it a matter of circumstances of like who you are at those points in time? Or was it straight up? You're like, I love to learn, but high school is not giving me the learning that I need this way, the right way. What's your take? In grade school, I asked the teacher, what is math? And it was a legitimate question. Like what is, so they're teaching us our multiplication tables. They're teaching us how to do addition and subtraction. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Like, why are we doing this? And what, what is it used for? Like, what, what does it mean to manipulate these symbols in a certain way to get a certain result? Stop asking so many questions, Brandon. Just shut up and sit down and do your work. So just getting shut down in school. And the teachers are like overworked, underpaid, stressed out. And then the kids are acting up and then a kid steps out of line and they, they slap you on the wrist. Yeah. But I mean, besides that, I had a pretty rough past. Like I was sexually molested when I was eight years old. Jeez. And that had an impact on me. I was made fun of and picked on by kids. I was never really the popular kid in school. Yeah. And I was just like, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and arthritis when I was 13. Okay. And I was raised in a religion that wasn't exactly mainstream. Okay. So kind of an outsider and really kind of got in with hanging out with the wrong crowd. Like I wanted to be accepted so bad and started hanging out with the wrong crowd and then got into, I had like painkillers and things prescribed to me for arthritis and Crohn's disease. Got it. But then you, maybe you take too much of that one month and then you have to find it somewhere else. Right. Right. So that's where that led. And in 2014, I had a near death experience that really set the stage for becoming an entrepreneur and stepping out and showing other people how to do it. Hmm. So basically, because I thought when you were saying that initially, when you were saying that that was a piece of you, I thought you were talking about that fight when you were like out. I thought you were like, that was my near-death experience. It's like I was pretty much toasted up from that fight. So you're saying this is a different experience again in 2014, a different thing. Yes. And I went to four years of Vassar and all throughout that time, I was struggling with dependency on opiates. Wow. That sounds extra hard to do school. It was at points, but I got through it and I did pretty well. I don't, I don't know how, but. Yeah. I would say I had different things that made me different in school, but a lot of my time, just like what you're saying, like I'm, I, I have a curiosity it's unquenchable. Like I need to understand things. And I like, I'll like, I get obsessive. I'm like, how does this work? Like what's up with that? And like, it's stuff that I don't even need to worry about. Like, I just want to know. Like, I remember like one time I was like, why does Swiss cheese have holes in it? And I like literally was like, I need to figure this out now. And I was like <laughs> reading on it, like watching a show on it. My, my wife's like, who fucking cares why it has it? Like who cares? 
and it's never going to affect your life. And so I have a curiosity that makes me want to learn and I, and I get obsessive about it and I'll go all in on stuff. So I'll go all in on something in economics or like a, a history piece or obviously in like audio and music and the things that I do, like studying song structures or whatever. Like I'm, I get obsessed with learning, but in high school, it was like kind of the same thing, man. It was just like, why am I doing this thing? And like, I'll learn it, but like, I need to know why this matters to anything. And it's like, when you don't get that answered, I just started rejecting everything. Like in high school, I got good grades somehow, which I don't actually know how, but like I rejected hard. Like I was dressing differently. I was not listening to teachers, like anything that I could do to like actually reject what they wanted me to do. I would like do it just out of principle, which is such a dick move to them if they are like trying to be good. But like rebellion, you were rebelling. Yeah. I just like, I, if I like, if I didn't like what was going on, I'd straight up just leave the classroom. Like I'd straight up just take off or I would do an assignment, but I would do it in a really like snarky way. Like I remember there was like these times where in, in math class in seventh grade, we had to like use different grid systems to basically like form like a housing, like make like a a room set up and, and every square was a square was equated to a scalable thing. Actually, I, I actually in Norton in real life would would love doing that. But like just out of principle, they're like everyone was making normal houses and it's like I made like a mole house or something. I like made it as if it was an underground like getaway house or something that doesn't exist. And then my friend did like a um like a camper and then someone else did something else. It was all like things where they were like, you're allowed to do that, but like we're kind of mad that you're making fun of essentially what we're doing. I would just do things like that the same way. And I feel like it was because of exactly what you're saying. We were like, I'll do this thing. Like I want to learn, but I just need to know like, why am I doing this thing right now? Like, why does this even matter at all? And if someone doesn't answer it for you, you're like, then I'm not going to do it. I need to know why this matters. And if it doesn't matter, then I feel like we're doing stuff that doesn't matter. And I don't want to do stuff that doesn't matter. And I don't want to waste time. And I think that that's also an inherent piece of being an entrepreneur as well. And that's an efficiency piece that when you see some of these people, they're constantly fired or they're constantly written up or they eventually like, they're just not good in a corporate job and end up being a monster entrepreneur. It's because they, they get upset with inefficiencies or like stupid mundane stuff. that's not getting to the goal line or something. And like, that's what drives them to be that way. I feel like that might even be a piece of that personality trait. Maybe, I don't know. That would make sense. I know yeah. that in the Clifton Strengths Finders, that uh, there's all these different strengths that people have, and one of them is a learner. Okay. So just someone who really loves to learn new things, to take in information, to think about it, to understand things. So it sounds like that's really one of your one of your strengths that you're leaning on as an entrepreneur. Maybe I, I do like it's unquenchable. Like I I need to learn every single day. And I want to know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that is me. Sometimes it's bad. So, like, I don't actually need to know how Swiss cheese was created. It's irrelevant to my life. But I, like at that time, I was like, I need to understand this, you know? Absolutely. So yeah, back to I like this. Yeah. Like, I mentioned that I had a, a near-death experience. Yes. The second one. Okay. So this was back in 2014. Yes. And it led me to to go through the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and to go through that process and to really 
I had to change everything about how I do things. And that really opened my mind to like helping other people. Okay. Why do you feel that? Why did that change that? Well, the, the 12th step in, in Alcoholics Anonymous and all these 12 step programs is to help another person. Mm. Okay. So like I took, I was taking this thing super serious and delving in 100% into this program, like not holding anything back hundred percent into this. So I went through this process and then started sponsoring other people and helping them through the process. Okay. And then started working for, I worked for a couple nonprofit organizations. Cool. But it was like, my needs weren't being met. Like I would give, give and give, but wouldn't really receive. Hmm. So have you, when you're talking with entrepreneurs, have you encountered this like hang up to receiving? You, you're saying, do I feel that I don't receive from entrepreneurs or in talking with other entrepreneurs? Have you felt like they have had an issue with receiving? Receiving something back from their efforts. Yeah. Particularly money. Do you, do you mean before they become entrepreneurs or while they are an entrepreneur? You mean Mm, maybe even with the transition from, from not being an entrepreneur and becoming an entrepreneur. Hmm. I would say that that is most likely a mixed feeling. I would say, uh, I think like a lot of people become entrepreneurs because they don't feel that they're getting what they need from whatever it is that they're doing. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that that is essentially what you're saying, but it might be different things. It might not be money at all. Like it might be like value for what they do or their, their abilities. They don't feel like they're receiving the opportunity to use what they feel is their superpower and it's not able to come out. And if they're not able to feel that they're like, I need to do something that lets this out or something like that. So I think, yeah, yeah. Like I, 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 I would say that you're probably spot on where it's always like, I'm not getting what I need from this, but I don't know that it's always like, I don't think it's always the money because I have a lot of friends that leave six figure jobs where they're making well over six, like just, they're just making stupid money and they make way less, like hundred thousand dollars less, but they're like way happier in that situation. So they're they're but they're receiving what they want now from it. And it's just not the money at that point in time. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. But there's something wrong. There's something you're not getting. I feel like, and it's, it's either you're something you're not getting or there's a mission not being fulfilled that I feel like sparks you to be an entrepreneur. You're either not getting something for you where you're like, I don't feel whole. This isn't warming me up. This isn't filling me up every day. And, it, and mm. it's not what I need to be the best person I am. Or it's like a mission driven where it's like, there's a thing that I feel like has to happen. Like you, you're like, I feel like people in recovery can be amazing entrepreneurs and someone has to help them. And that could be me where you're like, this is a mission that has to be accomplished. No one's getting this job done. I need to get this job done. And I feel like it can be a couple of different factors, depending on like who you are, what your background, where your background, it sounds like these are very specific things in your life that that these are not the same things that every person has gone through or gotten through that could, that are forming you to be a different person with, with it's crazy, man. It's really complex. I'm sure, you know, as a coach, right? 
You know? Yeah. And it's like, we're all brought up and raised in a certain environment and yeah. we have different ideas about making money and what we do with our money and the value of money. We have different belief systems. Yes. And in order to, to move from someone who's not an entrepreneur and become someone who is an entrepreneur, it's like you have to rewire your brain and you have to think differently about money and giving and receiving and creating like a balance between the two. Yes. But that. Uh, my grandfather, I found out had like, he would have been a multimillionaire if he had collected all of the money that was owed him before he passed away. Really? Yeah. So what he, was it that it, what, what did he not collect on? Well, he, he loved working. He loved the work that he did and he loved making people happy. Okay. And he, he didn't, he valued those things more than the money. Hmm. And it sounds nice, right? Right. At first thought, it sounds like a nice thing. Like he cares about people. He likes to make them happy. He loves his work, but he wasn't like a good business person. Hmm. He wasn't able to like to, collect all the money that was owed him. And because of that, I think that I inherited something of that. So it's like we're raised in these environments. We have beliefs about money, views of money, and then those are transmitted to us and we have to transform ourselves in order to become something different. Yes, absolutely. I think that uh, I was talking to, so like right people who are watching live, this may not make sense if you haven't heard this, this episode, but the last episode that people that's out right now there's one between when this one's actually coming out so it's a little confusing it's like time time shifting depending on when you're listening to this podcast but peter meslenka we were talking about his experience getting fired and how it related to my experience when i got fired and we were texting the other day and just like like we did like a lot of follow-up after the episode just to like talk through stuff because like i love talking to him about same type of stuff like this like we're just riffing on stuff and I said that I think that like three or four years ago, something broke inside my head. And that I think is the rewiring that you're talking about. Something broke where like my value shift, just like what you're saying, shifted entirely where I just don't value like physical things unless it's getting me to do something else. Whereas like before I might have like, can you give me an example? Like, let's say I will spend. I don't know. Let me come up with an example. I spent $2,600 on my interface for audio. So like this, this gets me a specific piece of work, right? But I wear slip on van shoes that have holes in them and the rubber is so thin that like sometimes gravel will go through and like hurt me. It's just like, I don't value the shoes for some reason, even though it's like, they're not expensive. It's $50. I just don't value them. And, but like before I might've valued that heavier, but I'm like, I don't think that this is stopping me image wise from doing any of the things that I'm trying to do because no one in audio, unless I'm at, like doing like on the professional side, the podcast and the audiobook and business side of it, when I'm doing musicians and things like that, but I'll just change my shoes. But it's like, I, I, something broke in me where when it comes to like working in a day job or working in an environment, that's not the thing that I feel like is my mission. I'm not valuing it as much anymore. So it's making me reprioritize, like, how am I going to spend this time? And I'm going to devalue things that aren't getting me towards the mission if I don't feel like it's having 
a negative ethical impact because ethics is not, it's not like ethics went away from me. It's just like the way that I'm going to operate is going to, is differently than it used to be before. And I can't go back to it. I can't think different. I can't think back the way that I, I did, which I'm sure happens to people all the time when they go through something that's like life changing. But I, I understand what you're saying in terms of like this rework or this rewiring or something that, that, that has to happen in that transition period. But you're talking Absolutely. about specifically like, how do you think of money? What do you, what do you mean by that? What did you experience in that with the way that he was, you feel like you got some of those traits and then you feel like you have something that's changed inside of you. How, what, what is it in there for people so, that might have that problem even? Yeah. So this was just, that was just like one example, but it's like, it depends on like what kind of culture you're, you've been raised in. So it might be coming from family. It might be coming from friends. It might be coming from school. It might be coming from religion. It might be coming from the television, but we get these different concepts in our mind about money, having it, not having it. It might not even occur to a lot of people to become entrepreneurs. Like a lot of people don't even go that route. And that's because of their, their belief systems about, about money. Right. Right. Like it's not possible. It's literally not even an option to think about between these decisions that I have that I'm going to make today that that could be a thing to do. Hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, and then we, we evolve over time and there's a lot of different, a lot of different uh, growing opportunities along the, along the road as you're going through this. From a coaching standpoint, is this something that you feel like you have to tackle a lot? And if so, how do you break that down for people to communicate it? It's been, it's been over time, gradual. Yep. Little bit by little bit. For instance, let me just give you another example. So in the Bible, it talks about the pinhead of the needle. It says it's easier for a, no, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. You know, the little, the little hole on a needle. Yeah. It's easier for a camel to pack through that hole than it is for a rich person to get into heaven. Wow. Interesting. There's an example of a mindset. There's an example of a belief. Right. Of a way of thinking, of a lifestyle. So it's like, how do you want to create your life? I like that statement, right? Because it's a control statement that you have the ability to choose that. Yeah. Choosing your meanings. We all have the ability to choose our meanings in life. If something happens in our lives, we can interpret that in many different ways, but you can choose how you interpret it. Yeah. Because people will give us meanings all day long, but we can create our own meaning. And then we can become powerful and more powerful and more powerful. And, and we just, because we, we give up, like Wayne Dyer says, we give up on the positive opinions of others. Like if you want to be liberated, the most powerful thing you can do, according to Wayne Dyer, is to give up the positive opinions of other people. Because mm. we're all so concerned about what other people think. Right. I know I was nervous before getting on this video. Perfect example right there. It's like people are going to watch me. They're going to see me. And I'm worried about what they're going to think. 
and this fear, it like holds you back and it, and it keeps you small and it, I'll stop ranting. No, it's no, it's good, man. It's like, and, and like, this is what I try to bring with the podcast too, is this transparency because people think the shit all day, you know what I mean? But no one says it. No one says why you don't take, uh, like, you know what I mean? Like no one says why they actually reacted to something, even though it was like, well, because this one guy said this thing on my YouTube channel or because this girl said this thing at work and, or because this person said this thing for my boss or whatever. I want people to understand that we all think about this stuff. Like the people that they look up to think about this shit all the time. They just don't say it all the time, you know? Mm. Yeah. So like, so let me take a step back because I feel like we can talk on this level. Like I can totally riff with you on this, but like, where did we get from like, okay, so we have the schooling We're we're going through that with, with stuff going on, right? You, you have this near death experience 2014 that puts you through the 12 step program in AA that pushes you through to make you realize like, okay, I want to help people. Like, where are we at from that in terms of like, where do we get to like where you're at right now from that piece? And like, what made, what made you decide that what you're doing right now is what needs to happen? Okay. So I was volunteering a lot in the community in something called clubhouses and it's for people with like substance abuse mental health diagnoses and they it's work centered so i went there i gained some additional skills and started working some jobs so i was volunteering there helping people and i loved that i loved helping people and helping them learn things helping them with whatever they're struggling with just being there for another person it gave me such a a light on the inside. It felt so good. So then I started building some resume stuff and started working. Um, I worked for the department of medical licensure as an office assistant in Maine. Yeah. Started working as a peer support specialist for a mental health agency. And then I went and delivered a presentation. So at this point I had already come up with this concept gathered minds. Okay. And it's just like, whereas the clubhouses were more work-based, there was a need for like something that was spiritual because I went through those 12 steps and that's what really allowed me to transform my life from where I was previously to where I was going. Okay. And there wasn't really much talk of that in the culture. Like I said, I was working for mental health agency. There wasn't any spirituality there. And then I gave a presentation about the gathered minds and ended up being asked to resign from my job. Wow. Why? What is it? Do you feel like, were you ever given an exact thing or what do you feel like it was that that was about that principle? And I guess explain that really quickly, just for people that may not understand what that means. So I, I gave a presentation and it was in a mental health setting. Yep. And it was a packed house. Like the house was packed. There was, it was wall to wall people that came, wanted to go to this event. And I talked about like spirituality and liberation and, um, really figuring out who you are and being at peace with yourself and dealing with all the crap from the past and 
exploring who you are from maybe a spiritual perspective, which was new, I think, for a lot of people in the audience. Okay. So before this thing happened, I set up a camcorder and I said, okay, guys, so this is going to be filmed. This is going to be filmed, ladies and gentlemen. So if you don't want to be on camera, leave now. And no one left and everybody heard and understood. And then they, they said that there was a con- confidentiality issue. So confidentiality had been breached by someone in the audience who was on camera, who didn't want to be on camera. Okay. And they said, Brandon, I think what you need to do is just resign and focus on your business. So that's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) And at at the time, you know, I was a little bit hurt, but you know, I've let go of all that resentment and it's the best thing I ever did. That's awesome. The next big step that I took as an entrepreneur at that point. So I was pursuing establishing a nonprofit. Okay. So I would let go of this nonprofit idea and decided to create a for-profit business. Okay. And this, I'm not saying that like nonprofit is bad or anything like that, but instead of like creating an organization called the gathered minds, that would be a nonprofit. I created the gathered minds media. That's for-profit. Okay. And I've heard from a lot of other entrepreneurs that starting is for-profit first and then even moving it to a nonprofit after if you want to can be more beneficial or it can be easier to start up. Do you feel that way? I think so. Yeah. Definitely. I've heard that. I don't know the dynamics because I've never been, I've never tried to do nonprofit. I've always been a for-profit thing, but I just have a, I have a mission that I'm trying to do to serve obviously like any, any good business owner, that's what I want to do. But I feel like, uh, I don't know, hopefully someday I can do something that it's a straight up non-for-profit or maybe my for-profit will always operate in a way that I'm trying to do something that feels that way. I don't really know, but that's interesting. So now you're, now you're for-profit, you're designing this thing basically at, at that point in time where, what happens next? So then I end up investing in myself for the first time. I dropped $2,000 on a course Mm. and it was the whole course was $8,000. Wow. And I invested in this course and it was like a shock to my system to, to believe in myself that much to invest $2,000 upfront. Yeah. Like at that point I need to make this thing work. Yeah. So that was a big mental shift and it's just been shift after shift after shift. Like how far can I take this thing? Mm. And it's been a gradual development. Does that answer your question? Yeah. And it's just been going on from there, just step by step, step by step. I think money in a course like that, that's like a really hard decision to do because and I think that's honestly actually that's also part of the value in a course actually costing that much is like you know that if you pay that money for the course you're all in like you're not messing around at all for that like you take like a $100 course or something like that obviously like that money is relative to everyone $100 could be the 2000 to me 
right? But still, I feel like if you have something that's like just a lower cost, you can buy it. And then like, if you take forever to do it or something like that, like you don't feel as bad about it. But like you spend $2,000, $8,000 on a course, like you're all in. That has to be an impact. It has to do something crazy. And like, just like you're saying, like you're not buying a, you know, if I buy a piece of equipment, I still feel like that's an investment in me because I have to know how to use the piece of equipment, at least in audio, it feels that way. But it's very different to buy a piece of equipment where there's value in like, okay, how good does this equipment operate? How good does this sound or whatever, at least in the audio side? That's still very different than a course like that. You're choosing an investment in yourself and you're like, I'm going to take this thing and put it in here and it and it's going to make something exponentially better. That's a huge... That's really hard to say about yourself. I, at least for me and a lot of people, I think it's really hard to give, to bet on yourself is like the most important thing that I can, I think you can possibly have when you're trying to start a business or you're trying to do something that you feel is like, you know, breaking the mold in some way. It's like you have to bet on yourself. You have to be all in on you because there's many times where A, you don't have more resources than that. Like, you may straight up just have yourself. That's all. You have to create a business or you have to create income or you have to create things constantly just from you. That's all you have. But then all the same time, it's like when you're talking about earlier, the ability to reject someone giving this outside thoughts, like you can't do that. You can't bounce that stuff away from you and not listen unless you're betting on yourself when you like you can mm, take that mm. as like you're like kind of like moving and shifting direction like as you're yes. going you get this feedback and these things but if you're not all in betting on yourself being like I can do this I'm worth it I can 100% get this thing done somehow I don't know how I just know that I will figure it out if you can't get to that spot it's like you're going to get you, something's going to trap you somewhere man something's going to mess you up and throw you off of something because you have to just know that you can figure it out even when you have no idea what you're doing. You know, have no idea what you're going to do next. You have to just be like, somehow I've got this. Yeah. And like, I, I had been to college, a school that cost a lot of money, but I, it wasn't my money. Yes. So it was like, like saying, I'm going to go for it. And like, it's, it costs this much money. And I may succeed, I may fail, but I'm going to bet on myself and my own education. And then putting, putting your money on the table. Right. And I would say even just like, like I didn't get the scholarship. I, I have college debt still, right? But the way that our system is made, it's like you really don't feel that until you're already out sometimes. So, you know, like, like the the systems are not great to educate you on like how much money you're actually taking out when you're 18 or whatever. Mm. You can't even comprehend it the way that they didn't give you any information anyway. <laughs> and then it's like when you're out, then you see the money and you're like, oh shit. But it doesn't make you feel like, oh, I'm all in. I'm spending X amount, 50,000, 100, whatever people are spending. If you feel that like right away, I feel like people might even do better at college because they feel it. Whereas like you're there and there's really like, I've been to many different colleges and there's always some people that do truly appreciate it. But there's also a lot of entitlement there too, where they're, they're just chilling and it's just like this amazing opportunity and it's like wasting it. And maybe to your point, maybe if like there was something 
preemptive before they take out the loan to explain things better, mm. maybe they would bet on themselves more in that situation and feel hmm. that at that that's point a, in time. That's a really interesting thought. Because I didn't feel it. I, I worked really hard and I, at, by college, I was actually working my ass off and I was all about it. But I feel mm-hmm. like, I, like a lot of, uh, a lot of, we, we have a, uh, a property that we rent. And so we're constantly talking to students still right now, lots of different students. And I just feel like I, I see a lot of them take out the loans and they're for more than they have to take out. And they have no comprehension of like, what is this going to feel like in my life? What mm-hmm. will this do financially to control the way that my life happens after this that changes what my vision is of what this is even going to give for output for me? They don't understand it. It's no comprehension because they haven't felt that. They haven't felt that pressure or pain yet. You felt it. Sounds like you felt it in so many stages of your life. You had shit that you had to deal with. You felt pressures. Mm-hmm. So it's like even without the feeling of that, I wonder if you had different ways to comprehend it. Hmm. I have no idea. I'm totally just went off. <laughs> no, you have good. me thinking, man, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yep. Like you feel like you're going to step off a black, like into a black hole. You're stepping off a cliff into the unknown and having the courage to, to face that. It takes a lot of inner strength, mm. a lot of inner like strength, clarity, Bravery, really. Bravery. Yeah. Facing the unknown. I compare it to uh, if you haven't felt this way yet and you want an example in real life that you could actually go and try that is the same thing to me. There was this time, uh, it was, this was in New Hampshire, but at, uh, I think it was Gunstalkers, one of the mountains in New Hampshire, it's normally a ski thing. It's in the summertime. They had this thing that you can jump like three stories essentially onto like one of those, like it's like a stuntman blow up thing. When you, when you land in it, like the air comes out. So it makes it so you can't really get hurt, but like, there's nothing like attached to you. Like you, you climb up this big ladder thing, get to the top. It's three stories high. So it's like, it's substantial to look down it. You, you, your, your fear in your head, it feels it like you're looking and you're like danger, danger. Like, like <laughs> I'm, I need to be aware of this right now. You know what I mean? You're, your normal instincts of like the, the ego part of the physical of a person, they start acting. They're like, we need to protect this. You know, we can't, we need to be careful with where we're at. And you just have to jump off that thing. And you just have to expect that air mat down there that someone set up is going to work and protect you. And I remember when I was doing it, I'd never done that before. And it took me two or three times to do the jump. And it was actually scary because I, because of the hesitations, the first two times, I, my, like, I was unable to fight that thing in my head that was like, you can't jump from here because you're going to die. Like, and like in my mind, I'm sitting there having that battle. I'm like, you're going to jump from there because this is going to be a crazy feeling of experience, but like, you will be safe. And it's like two different Daves in there talking to each other of like one being like, I am aware that this is safe. So I'm going to make this decision. But when I got to the end, like the first two times I like stop and I almost, it's like, I can get hurt if I do that, if I hesitate, because then I can hit my neck on stuff. And now, now I really, or not hit the mat. Now I Mm. really get hurt. But then the third time I was able to say, F it. I know that this feels like it's dangerous. I know that I'm going to make it on the other side. I'm going and you jump and then you're free falling. And like, 
I had enough time to think about how far I was actually falling and my mind still doing this like crazy thing. Like you're going to die and freaking out. But that experience to me, if you ever want to experience that, it was definitely (laughs) a thing. I enjoyed it, but I just, I, I take that and compare it to some of the things that I'm doing now where someone can't comprehend, like you spent how much money on this thing that you don't know if it's going to work or not. And you're, and I'm like, I have no idea if it's going to work or not. And they're like, how in your possible mind could you wake up and do that? And that's what I think back to is like, I know that I know that it's dangerous, but I also know that I'm going to get through it and that's how I can do it. And that's why it doesn't feel that way to me. But like, I, there's still hesitations in the beginning of it of like your mind trying to protect yourself and not allow you to do that path because you're like, I can't do that. This is a dangerous thing. I need to protect myself. There's a lot of like human things like before any jobs or ways that we live in the world right now, there's a lot of things that make us human that are about survival that impact us in the intellectual things that we're doing day to day that I feel like we don't take into account because we've only been doing these types of jobs for like a hundred years or less. Like, I don't think people take that to account. We've only been doing like office jobs and shit for like 50 years, like (laughs) 70 years. The human mind is not caught up at all from like not long ago, hunting and gathering in like just these basic things of like, if I'm outside, I could be hurt right now. We're, we're slowly changing right now, but there's so many things that affect our emotional and mental decisions that are based off of irrational fear that our mind has created because we're used to like having to run away from a bear or like find a way to like, mm-hmm. it's survival things. It's crazy. Yeah. And the, in that way, the fear is kind of our friend, right? Right. It's An warning indicator. us to danger. It's t- self-protection. It's taking care of yourself. Yep. Yes. But it's like, um, I don't know, there was a scientific study that was done where they tied up elephants, like as a baby, and then the elephant grows up and it's tied to like a little tree, right? As it's growing up. Yeah. And then they take the the chain off and the elephant still only hovers around that tree. Interesting. Because it thinks that it can't get away. It thinks that it's still chained to the tree. Right. Oh, we're just, we, we're like conditioned to feel that way, to feel that way. And like, you have to feel that fear and, and move ahead anyways, in order to kind of grow beyond it. Right. So real quick, man, like there's, there's, I know that we're like, we're cutting through time, like quick here. There's, there's a couple of things that like I wanted to cover. The first thing, because you already talked about it in that like one presentation thing that you gave. We don't talk about it too much on here. What what is your take about the spirituality? What what what's your take on that in terms of like you're like, hey, this has a space in mental health, but like what do you even mean by that? What's that mean to you and what's that mean in your your practice when you're working with people in different ways? So spirituality to me is like a connection with something deep like within myself but also on the outside world and i have to connect with it every day a feeling of like sacredness yeah or presence and i don't want to get into too much like about god and and because that word 
offends a lot of people. Yep. But I mean, there's all these different religions. They've all talked about Buddha. And then you have Jesus and Muhammad and all of these different religious figures throughout all of time. And yeah. even before Christianity and even before Judaism, you had all of these different religions that were focused on the mysteries of life. The uncomprehendable or like the undefined pieces, right? Or the patterns or the things, the synchronicities. And this, the quest for self-knowledge and understanding who and what we are. Yeah. And so when you say that, that's where I'm like, all of that has to be in mental health to help people. Like all of that makes sense. And I get also, I get also being like offended by organized religion pieces. But like what you're saying is like, uh, just all things of like having, having purpose and understanding purpose and understanding your place in the world. And I feel like that's, that is so important, regardless of how you get to that, regardless of what you use as a vehicle to get to that. I feel like people have to have some, some piece of that. It doesn't have to have any type of organization to feel that. Mm. Yeah. And, and practicing self kindness, mm. like, Accepting yourself, getting in touch with yourself on a deep level, being okay with yourself, and then like getting really in touch with that and bringing that to other people. Right. But finding it inside first, and then you practice it with other people, and then they feel better, and then we're evolving as a species. We're becoming more human, more authentic. I like that. Basically figure out, figure out what you're about before you try to be out there. Cause it's really the only way to lead. You have to lead with that. You have to figure out whatever that is. It doesn't have to all be good. Like we're not all perfect. We're not perfect at all. You know what I mean? But it's like being okay with that. And then once you're okay with that, then you can lead and not be defensive about why something's happening. You're just actually reacting to whatever it is that you're posed with. Do you think, what do you think the, the biggest challenge is to spirituality? I think it is, this is me with my own upbringing. I think that a lot of people are forced into organized religions that through their own personal experiences don't always follow through with what they're they're not always practicing what they're preaching. They're not always being the thing that they're saying that they are. There's something that's happening. And so, when, and especially when you're forced into it, I feel like people then take that and just start rejecting. They don't even know why they're just like, I don't like this thing. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not right. And then they walk away instead of finding other ways to get there instead of the one way, like it feels like, it feels like you have, one way at that point. It's like, it's either this or not instead of taking time to realize. And I think that that often happens at an age where they don't have the comprehension to understand that, you know, that there's never like at this point in time, it took me a very long time just growing up with what adults say when you're younger of like, there's a black and white, there's a red pill and blue pill. No one ever tells you that there's gray everywhere. There's always gray. There's always an orange pill. There's always like a different thing that can happen. They don't mm. explain that to you. 
everything's like you have to do religion in the exact way that we said at the same time and do all of these things or you cannot do this thing. No one ever says that because their family might come from a certain religion or they've always done it this way or this is how things have happened. But like no one ever gives you that that option when you're younger of like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a Catholic? Do you want to be, you know, Jewish? Do you want to be this? Or like all these different things. Do you have Buddhist? Do you want to do all these different things? It's not an option at all. It's just rejected. I feel like that's what it is for me, at least, where like I'll share my story right now. Like I went through like all of uh, like Catholic. I didn't go to a Catholic school, but I went through everything for confirmation for Catholic. One story that I tell people always that made me reject organized religion, like to this very day, it just formed a strong opinion to me is I went through all of the schooling, like after school, CCD, all these other things. So many principles, like the golden rule and like the way that we act towards humans and nonviolence, like all these things are great pieces. Mm-hmm. But then it felt like with the organized religion piece of it, you always had to do a certain thing a certain way or is just flat out wrong. And I just, I, I don't, I'm not that way. I believe in gray. I believe in like, I don't believe anything's cut and dry like that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe anything. Like if we're going to talk about divine or we're going to talk about this spirituality piece, I don't believe that any human comprehension could organize these principles into this one thing. And it could be black or white straight up like that. And who would have the right to say that? And that was me in that, that business, that business piece or entrepreneurial piece I just don't, I don't feel that way. And so at the very end of everything, I went through all the schooling. I like went through all of it. I like didn't mess with it. And then at the very end, I remember distinctly, like they were trying to have me do a, um, God, now I can't even think about it. They were trying to have me express my sins. And at that point they were like, what are your sins? And I was basically like, I actually think like, I'm cool right now. Like I don't feel like I have anything to be, like to that I don't feel like I've sinned. And they're like, well, I mean, like you could have taken a little bit too much, you know, you could have taken too many free samples at the supermarket or you could, they're trying to give me examples that are just like, I'm like, I'm like, dude, if there's a, a, if there's a God out here, if we all believe in this thing, you're telling me that like, whatever thing that you're saying right now, I have to say, and if I don't, then I'm going to go to hell and that I'm just now judged as a bad person mm-hmm. because I, I like I was rationing out with the, with the priest. I was like, I was like, there are people murdering out there. There are people attacking civilizations. There are people robbing people, and what there are people that are doing these these things that are are you're expressing how deep this thing is is like a, a crime. I was like, I I might have gotten a fight with my sister last week. I might have sworn when my parents didn't want me to. I might have eaten too much sugar. I just straight up don't even see those as sins, and like I'm actually cool with myself between me and whatever this thing is. And I walked out of there because they're like, you can't do this unless you like, you're not going to finish this thing unless you express this. And that I literally walked out and left and like started walking home. And that was the end of me and organized religion because of being forced into this thing where I felt like there's no, 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 there's way more options and way more that I think that you don't understand regardless of you're a priest or whatever. I don't feel that you understand this even yourself, if you're saying this to me right now, because it just doesn't feel like things can be black and white like that. That's how I felt at that time. Mm. But then you do need these things in your life, these feelings of something greater than this one thing, because for us to comprehend things as human beings, they're just 
has to be more than some of the things that we do sometimes, regardless of whatever that more is. Like if you, cause I, I let, I, I don't care what anyone thinks, dude. I don't care. I'm down with every belief. Even if people like do straight up, they're like, I believe in literally zero anything. Great. Awesome. My thing is like, there has to be something for us to put everything that we're doing here in context. Even if you're like, I believe in aliens because that's something else, right? In science and whatever. I believe in whatever it is that you believe in. It's like for us to contextualize what we're doing here past even our mission as an entrepreneur or as a creator. It's like, even that isn't as big as like you being that one ant in that section of time and that thing that's happening day to day and that use of resources. It's like that you have to contextualize somehow. And it doesn't matter what you use to contextualize it. Maybe you believe in nothing and it's just, you are amazed by nature, like whatever it is that brings you to that spot. But that's why I think spirituality is super important. hundred percent agree with you. But I also think that's why a lot of people reject it is because the way that they're forced into one way, this is your option. Mm-hmm. This has to be it. Yes or no. See, now you could have been talking with that priest and not believed what he was saying about the black and the white. Like you're like, well, what about the gray? Yeah. You could have just sacrificed your belief and agreed with him. Right. And that would have stood in the way from you being your own, like your own decision maker in your life. Yeah. Like your own, your own authority. Yeah. Is that right? Do you think? Yeah. I've, I felt that I guess like for me, I just don't take, you know, whether it's the government or education or, you know, science or like everything that we have is anything. I don't feel like anything is perfect in humanity. So even a priest in front of me, that's supposed to be the closest to God that exists. Right. I, myself at that time, I was still like, I don't feel like you have the right to tell me how I feel in connection with something different. I actually don't even think that you even have the right to sit in that space and tell me what I'm experiencing or I feel in life. And that's, I guess my own, maybe that's my own uh, downfall or my own positive of me as a being is I just don't believe in any pure authority because humanity's not perfect, man. None of us have the ability to just be a perfect authoritative figure in anything that we do. No one's mm. perfect at anything. And so yeah. I don't feel like any one per- person can have any ability to be an authority in anything as big as these spiritual ideas are. That to me is asinine. I don't believe it. How is mm-hmm. that possible? But that's just me not to offend anyone out there that feels any differently or you've got your own thing. That's how I felt at that time in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I've never talked about that on the show. That's, that was a, a rant and a half, man. So I'm sorry <laughs> that, that you had to endure that. No, <laughs> people out there listening. Hopefully that's helpful for you and not like, People are like, yo, you should have listened to that priest. You're an idiot. You're just stubborn. <laughs> There's going to be a couple of people. That's okay. I am super stubborn. Well, yeah. Well, just the spirituality, I feel in my own journey of, re- of recovery and entrepreneurship has been a keystone. I bet. It's been like the one consistent thing throughout the whole process. What do you do so, to be spiritual? What is spiritual for you? Meditation. Mm. I meditate daily. I write in a journal. Awesome. And reflect. 
prayer, affirmations, and then just sitting in the quiet, being out in nature. Yep. Um, taking time. Like, because there are things that get me off track from my spirituality. Mm-hmm. A lot of distractions, a lot of negativity in the world. And it bothers me. So I take the time to, to quiet my mind down, to be out in nature, to turn off the news, turn off the news and just um, enjoy life and do nice things for people. That's the thing is like, I, I do all of those things that you said. I value all of those things that you said. And I think that people get confused between these ways of experiencing spirituality and organized religion. But I think that organized religion isn't the same experience as I might have for some people. They may have a great experience and it helps them do all of the things that you said. Yeah. Right? It helps them do all of those things. And then it does that for them. So I think that's mm-hmm. why it varies so much for everyone of how they achieve the spirituality because of their own experience with what works and what doesn't work to get them there. But I think a lot of those practices are so important. Yeah. And yeah. like quieting the mind down. Like, I don't know about you guys listening, but I feel like I'm busy, busy, busy all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, go, go, go. And there's always a task to do. Yeah. But like quieting down, taking a breath, saying, you know, you're my friend, Brandon. Like we're friends. Oh, there's anxiety. I feel anxiety. Come on in, anxiety. Welcome. I know you well. How you doing today, anxiety? Mm-hmm. Like that's being a friend to yourself. Instead of being out. like, um, oh, I don't want to be anxious. I'm going dis- to just distract myself from it and just... And then it starts running your life and it's like, what do you think about that? Does that make sense? No, it does. Yes. And I think that that in this time and age, we probably live in the fastest pace time that humans have ever lived in. If you look at marketing, if you look at digital, if you looked at dopamine hits or all these things that we interact with day to day, there's just more to process now than any period of time in our lives. Like you can even look at the way that social media has changed since its existence. Now we're all the way to, to TikTok. That's 30 seconds, 60 seconds of reels and stuff like that. The reason that's there is because of the way that our mind has shifted over the past 20 years of like what we're even going to give content time for. Like it's unbelievable. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, it's really incredible. So when you're hit by that many things, it just stimulates you and makes you keep thinking take those moments to step backwards, like the meditation that you say, I'm not good enough about that. I wish I did it every day. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do though. And I really respect it. Or running can be that for me. Like when I have no music and I'm just for a run and I have nothing that I can do, but think nothing I can do, but hear things or feel like how my body feels. Oh, I'm thirsty right now. I'm hot right now. Like just like all these things that you just don't think about because you're task orientated or you're hit with commercials or you're hit with something that's mm-hmm. blowing up on your phone that's like, Hey, here's a notification. There's so much stimulant that like taking time, 10 minutes a day to do literally nothing except for feel what's happening or understand the why behind mm-hmm. like, okay, I have anxiety. Why? What is it that's driving me to do this? That's all the self-awareness and the time to process and reset that I think is crucial, man. It's I'm so key. about it. Yeah. Key. Yeah. 
I could go on with you for a while. I have one more question I need to ask you. Then I have five questions that I have to ask quick to end this episode out because I feel like I'm, I feel like we could go, dude. We could, (laughs) you know, the last, the, the, the one question I want to ask you before we hit like my five questions that I always ask, uh, because I haven't ever been posed this to ask someone on the show would just be, you know, briefly, I guess, I don't know how it would be to explain it, but like, if someone wants to work to get a grant, that's so awesome that you got that dude. What, what is someone, what, what, if someone's never figured that out before and they're like, I would love to do this. What went into that process for you? What could you share to someone that's like, I really could use a grant to do my business, to do my purpose. Mm -hmm. What could you share with that person of a way that they should look into doing that for them as well? So there are, I know there are a lot of different funding like type grant opportunities in the government, depending on what industry you're in, the process is a little bit different, but I would recommend getting in touch with somebody from the small business administration. Okay. The SBA. Awesome people. And then they can help you um, to research that further. They have a lot of good information. Um, They can help you write business plans. So start with the small business administration, ask them about funding and grant opportunities. Got it. And that's what you did. You're like, Hey, I I'm looking for funding resources. And then they guided you in a way that went that path. Yeah. They helped me write a business plan that opened the door to the funding opportunity. Got it. Very cool. And like what goes into it after that, like to use that for, you said it like really helps you. It's going to help you expand your business a lot. Like what, what was it that basically that's going to help you do or what were you looking for it to do for you? Yeah, Dave. Um, I, I just got a new Mac computer uh, with the M1 chip so I can do like speed um, video editing now for cool. courses and stuff like that online webinars, courses. Got a new camera so I can uh, do live videos and also shoot videos for courses. And so up- upgrading technology and money for marketing really is what yeah. a large, large portion of the funds are going to go toward is um, Facebook advertising and Google and YouTube. That's awesome, man. That's exciting. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Right on. So I, I do, uh, I've linked up with SBA and they are incredible people. So if you guys have never worked with them before, uh, definitely give it a shot. It's totally free and they help out so much. So. Uh, yeah. And if you have questions, you can reach out to me too on Facebook, like via cool. messenger. I'd be happy to answer any questions for anybody that has, uh, that is interested in starting a business. Maybe you want to get a grant or are interested in funding opportunities. We can talk about it and um, we can share ideas. Very cool. Awesome. So we'll put that in the show notes, Brandon. I'll ask that uh, at the very end. We'll link up all your stuff in the show notes. so People can hit you up. All right. So I'm going to ask you five questions, man. The same five that I ask everyone. And I kind of asked them in like a, a faster, faster way. I've never named this, but like sometimes people are like fire around or something like that. Something <laughs> crazy. I've never named it. It's just like my five questions at the end. I'm lame. So okay. uh, you don't have to think too crazy into these. Sometimes they're, they're pointed into certain pieces. So first question is why do you wake up and do what you do every day versus any other thing in the world that you could do? Like, why do you wake up and do this coaching versus anything else that you could do? Because I, 
when I had that near-death experience, um, I was given a second chance at life. And I love helping people. I love using my talents and abilities to create things. And that's why I do what I do is because I love it and it helps other people. Great. Both good reasons. What would be along the way, like say you could teach someone the lesson without experiencing it. What's like the, the worst thing that, that happened along the way that you did basically, or like your biggest mistake or something that you'd be like, Hey, I recommend that you learn from my story, but like, don't do this thing. Like that really sucked. Don't do this people out there. That's tough because all of the mistakes that have happened have all been growth opportunities. Exactly. So, and my biggest mistakes were my biggest growth opportunities. What would be something that you wouldn't recommend people do then? You're like, it's not worth it. Don't do this thing. Drugs. Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Okay. That's pretty fair, man. That's very fair. Uh, what's like the the total opposite? What's like the best idea you've ever had or like the best thing that you did? You're like 10, of, 10 out of 10 would recommend it. Do this earlier than I did, Ethan. Start researching what it means to be a business and what the steps are to create one. Mm. Like if you have an idea, maybe you're you're working a nine to five, but you have an idea you haven't started yet. Maybe you've been thinking about doing it for a long time. Just break it down. And take an action step toward it once a day. Yep. I love that. Gradual steps. It stinks to do that later. Yeah, just research it as soon as you can and and take step by step every day. It doesn't have to be huge wins. It does just a little bit of movement. And then it adds on it and it adds on it and it adds on it. Eventually, you're going to get there. Yeah, like one step a day will get you there. You know what I mean? If you're doing it every day, but like, if you don't do anything, then it's like a large task. And then like you procrastinate or you don't do it because now it's like impossible. You just a little thing a day. It's like, you will get there. Try not to be overwhelmed by so many things. Take that time, right? Hang out for a little bit. Chill. You're cool. You got this. Take that time. Take that time. I have uh, two more questions here. I got tripped up. I thought I was almost out of here. What would be uh, a resource or resources you'd recommend to the audience? Could be book, movie, podcast. Like, what? What's some resources you'd recommend people they should check out? Um, let's see. If not you, then who? Jesse's book. Jesse's book. That's a great one. <laughs> it is really um, good. And the laws. I think it's called the laws of creating riches. Hmm. By Wallace Waddles. We haven't heard that on the show yet, so I will definitely link that up. Yeah, I think it's called The Laws of Riches. Okay. But it's a really good book, and I think that they it's that you could probably find it on YouTube as an audiobook. Okay. Cool. I'll link that up for people out there that want to check that out. Last one is the easiest, my man. Where do people keep up with Brandon Densmore? You can find me on Facebook. Brandon Densmore, B-R-A-N-D-E-N, Densmore, D-E-N-S-M-O-R-E. I'm the only one that I know about there, so you'll see me and uh, just shoot me a text message. I have a Facebook group, Spiritual Entrepreneurs and Recovery Warriors. You can look that up. Cool. And uh, yeah, just hit me up with a PM or friend me online. 
Awesome. So for people that are out there that want to check out those resources, they want to check out Brandon's stuff, I'm going to link these down right down below in the show notes, or you can go to wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes. You can go check those out. All those will link you right up to Brandon and, uh, and catch up with him. He's, he's clearly a, a very friendly dude. So it sounds like you can just DM him and, and see what's going on there. So Brandon, thank you so much for letting me rant a ridiculous amount tonight. Today was a ranty episode. So sorry, listeners, but thank you, Brandon, for, uh, for joining me tonight to like talk about your story, share like some of the the stuff that you lived through, dude, and and share like what you are are trying to do out there. Thanks, Dave. I really appreciate being on the on the show. I love it, and uh, keep up the good work you're doing. Thank you, man. I'll try. <laughs> Thanks for having awesome. me on the show. Of course. Thank you, guys, uh, on Instagram. People who've been watching this. Thank you on Facebook. People who've been watching it live. If you caught like a little piece of this, you want to hear the whole episode. This will be out on podcast form in like two weeks from now. Uh, just check out anywhere that there's podcasts waking up from work. You'll hear the whole episode. So have a good night, people. 